Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast hosted by three verballers. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who has never been to Yakos. Yeah, I hear it's pretty good, but uh, I've never been there. Uh, this is Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who's a big fan of the Patriot League. Oh, yeah, huge fan of the Patriot League. <laughs> That's Trey Newman. All right, on today's episode, we have an interview with Ty Hildenbrandt from a little podcast called The Solid Verbal. Just a little podcast, this starter podcast. Maybe you've heard of it. Trying to make their way, right? Uh, we thought we'd do them a favor by having them on, you know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, but first, unfortunately... We have some brief sad news to get to. We got a one-star review, guys. Our first one-star review. Trey, can you read that one for us? It's from Roger from Ohio. He he sadly gave us a one-star. I I don't know if he meant to. (laughs) But uh, the quote is... This is a good podcast for the off-season when there isn't a lot of good football talk out there. N- not a one-star sentence there, but... Yeah. Interesting. I uh, Maybe we're just reading it through the lens we want to, guys. I, I'm... Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was our first one, so that uh, stings a little bit. It had, it had to happen sometime, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know, true. I have a theory. Our dad's name is Roger, so... So is Trey's. It's possible... Well, so is, yeah, Trey. His <laughs> real name is Roger. So, I guess it could have been you, Trey. Yeah. Luckily, I'm not from Ohio, but... Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think maybe you were just typing it in. You were like, Roger. And you're like, oh, shoot. They're going to know it's me. <laughs> yeah, from... From Ohio. <laughs> you, guys are, you guys are on to me. Got him. Uh, all right. Well, if anyone feels like leaving a five-star review, that would be great. But... You know, it's okay. Thanks anyway, Roger. Thanks anyway. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, hopefully, after this interview, you'll want to leave a five-star review. Uh, we already recorded it little peek behind the curtain and it was great so yeah awesome let's get into it all right we are very excited to welcome onto the show a celebrity in the college football podcasting world from the solid verbal it's ty hildenbrandt ty how are you gentlemen i'm doing well thank you so much for the invite yeah absolutely thanks for thanks for coming on uh let's start in your wheelhouse let's start with notre dame uh you're obviously a big fan of them so great season last year but Last we saw them, of course, was that blowout loss to Clemson in the playoff. So as a Notre Dame fan, did you kind of view that as as just one bad game against a, a really great team? Or are you more doom and gloom, something, you know, systemic about Notre Dame under Brian Kelly that it's just going to struggle to be a title contender? What were your, your thoughts there? Doom, doom and gloom, huh? Um, <laughs> I don't mean to infer anything by the question. No, imply. no. I'd, what are we saying here? Uh, <laughs> all right. So... Yes, I'm I'm a Notre Dame fan. I, I think that much is is out in the open. I think Brian Kelly, even though he has been the target of his fair share of criticism over the years since he took over the program in 2009, he has done a good job building this program from the trenches out. They've had their moments, but I would say with the exception of the 2016 season when they went 4 and 8, by and large, he's done a really good job building this program and getting them to the point where we saw last year, they obviously made the college football playoffs. So on the topic of that game, 
to your question, is it systemic? Is it just one bad game? It, it's been a popular thing for a while now to say that Notre Dame doesn't have the talent. They can't compete with elite competition. And I would say like most normal programs, I think that's more true some years than in others. And certainly last year after they lost by 27 in the playoff semifinal, it felt like that was extremely true. But then we saw Clemson beat Alabama by like, I think it was 28 points by one point more than they beat Notre Dame. And it didn't seem quite as bad because suddenly everyone's wearing the same scarlet letter. So my long winded answer, I guess would be that yes, it was a bad game and yes, it's systemic, but only because Clemson is a hell of a lot better than pretty much anyone they played last season. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. Cause they're just a juggernaut that they they've achieved critical mass to the point where they're a cheat code. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone can be Clemson. So yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. But what, in, ten, in 10 years, Brian Kelly's had what? Two undefeated regular seasons. That's not, that's not easy to do. So I think he's done a great job. Yeah. And look, I mean, I understand the criticism. The criticism is warranted. Yeah. But, you know, I think by and large, Notre Dame is in a much, much better place now than they were before he took over. That's putting it mildly. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, so it, the question is, if it's not Brian Kelly, then who? Exactly. And I am content to stick with Kelly until he decides to move on. Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer, right. <laughs> no. We'll take Urban Meyer. <laughs> Urban Meyer is fine. Yeah. You guys can have Charlie Weiss back if you want. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, no. no so, no, 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 no. well, going along with that, what are your thoughts on, on this upcoming year's team specifically? I mean, they seem to be in everyone's kind of top 10, maybe 15 post-spring rankings. And even SI and ESPN had them fifth and sixth, I think. So does that sound right to you? Are you expecting another playoff run? Or no, what are your well, thoughts? It, it, I mean, I wasn't expecting a playoff run last year. <laughs> but I guess in hindsight, you look at the schedule that they had a year ago and it it worked out. It worked to their favor for sure. I don't see it this year. I think they're over under, if I remember correctly, is something like nine and a half, which feels about right to me. They've got a really good core of guys coming back, but also a lot of production walking out the door, which is a bit of a red flag. The road schedule is brutal this year. They got to go to Georgia, to Michigan, to Stanford, and then mixed in. You've got a game against USC, which could be tricky, depending on which USC we get this year. There's a game against Virginia Tech at home. There's a sneaky game against Virginia the week after they go to Georgia. Yikes. That could catch up with them. So, look, I mean, it's going to be another good season. Nine, ten wins feels about right to me. But if they were to rip off another undefeated year and go to the playoff, that would be, that would be a, a true stroke of mastery by Brian Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was looking at their schedule and I think I saw five true road games. Yeah. And I, that's not super common for, for a Notre Dame team. So that's, that's tough. Yeah. I mean, it's, look, going to Georgia to your previous question about where does Notre Dame, uh, you know, we could make it a larger conversation about where does Notre Dame rank on the totem pole and how do they stack up against truly elite competition? Georgia's pretty close. Yeah. In that discussion, they're getting there if they're not there already along with Clemson and Alabama. So we'll get a test. We'll get an early test by which we can judge Notre Dame in like week two against Georgia when they travel to Athens. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So obviously another team you know a lot about is uh, your alma mater, Penn State. Um, And we are now in the post McSorley era. So what's your level of confidence in the Nittany Lions this year? 
moving forward, and especially on offense uh, with Sean Clifford now and Tommy Stevens after he transferred. So it, the reins are pretty much given to Sean Clifford at this point. So yeah. you feel like they're going to have a, another really good year or maybe get over the hump. Uh, how are you feeling about about them? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a really good question. I I love their defense. I think yeah. everyone loves their defense. And that in and of itself will give them a bit of a safety net. They're not going to be out of any game because the defense is going to be really good. But Trace McSorley won 31 games as a starting quarterback. Those guys don't grow on trees. He broke a ton <laughs> yeah. of passing records. Again, those guys do not grow on trees. Now, you turn it over to Sean Clifford. He was a four-star recruit. I know plenty of Penn Staters who are very excited about Sean Clifford. We'll see if that pays dividends. But the larger point for me isn't so much about Trace McSorley. It's about losing Joe Moorhead and whether or not Ricky Ronnie can take over the reins effectively as offensive coordinator in, in year two. Last year, they averaged about a half yard less per play, which over the span of a season obviously adds up. Yep. They had issues around Trace McSorley where receivers dropped passes left and right. They weren't able to develop that support net around him that I think they're going to need now even more so for Sean Clifford. So uh, it's an ongoing question about this offense now in the post-Moorhead era, more so, I think, than the post-McSorley era. Uh, we'll see how those two th- how those two things stack on top of each other as we go into 2019 now, but very much still an open question for me. They've recruited really, really well, so you wouldn't think it'd be an issue, but they do obviously need to assemble the pieces into a manner that uh, you know is going to produce wins on the field. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, well, they're in a tough division, obviously, as well, so... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's it's interesting you bring up Joe Moorhead and That's and Michael's favorite coach ever, by the way. It is my favorite coach. I <laughs> love Joe Moorhead. <laughs> he, what uh, he did at Fordham was Michael's calling cards. Just sure. I just I always go back to Fordham. If you, you can have success there, <laughs> it then. all comes back to Fordham, right? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, we might see Tommy Stevens uh match up or hook up with uh Joe Moorhead in Mississippi State. So that that is we'll one of the rumors. That is one of the rumors, yeah. yeah. By the time you listen to this, I'm probably already wrong on that, but that's okay. Um, shifting gears here a little bit, uh, on the solid verbal a couple weeks ago, you guys had listeners send in their their hottest takes, and you and your co-host Dan Rubenstein graded just how spicy they were. So we are chock full of hot takes, Ty. And, uh, <laughs> okay. We would right. love to give you to give your our, your thoughts on on our hot takes. So uh, I will I will be happy to. Perfect, Ryan. Why don't you get us started? All right. So my hot take is that neither Tua or Justin Herbert will be the number one pick next year. I'm thinking somebody out of the blue is just going to have a great year, shoot up the draft boards, and take that number one spot from those two. What do you think? So, okay. Two-part answer. If you're telling me that Justin Herbert won't be the top pick, I don't think that's all that spicy. Yeah. Because I don't think he will be the top pick, even okay. if he, you know, even if he has a good year, I don't think he will be the top pick. But if you're telling me that Tua won't be the top pick, then we got to talk. <laughs> because if it's not Tua, Ryan, then who's it going to be? <laughs> Jake Fromm. You think you're taking Jake Fromm over Tua? Jacob Eason, he could have oh, a great year at UW. You never. Hey, look at the last couple of years. Who thought Kyler Murray was going to be the number one overall pick? Yeah, the year before true. that, That's Baker true. Mayfield. I mean, he was a good player, but nobody thought he was going to be taken number one. I just, I mean, it happened in the past where it's like some guy is just going to say, hey, I'm going to have a great year. People aren't expecting it. All of a sudden, hey, 
I'm number one. Maybe maybe Trevor Lawrence is going to petition the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously that would be. He's going to play in Germany for a year. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So what what I would say is that really any NFL draft take a year in advance isn't that spicy because to yeah, your point you have you have weird <laughs> things that happen. You have injuries. Who who the heck knows? I don't think it'll be Herbert. If I had a bet on anyone, it would be Tua. But unlike this year where we had Kyler Murray swoop in and take it, unlike the previous year where we had Baker Mayfield go crazy, win the Heisman, and then go one overall to the Browns, I don't know if that quarterback exists outside of Tua or outside of Herbert. Um, Fromm is interesting, but Fromm isn't that kind of quarterback. Jacob Eason, who the heck knows what we're going to get from Jacob Eason. So I mean I there there's always potential when you're talking this far in advance. I think if it's not Tua, it would likely be uh Walker Little, like a, mm-hmm. a tackle from yeah. Stanford or um Derek Brown. Um, yeah, Auburn, Derek maybe. Brown. I'm blanking on the Andrew Thomas from Georgia. Andrew Thomas from Georgia is another name, uh, an offensive lineman. So um if the smart money is on Tua, I would grade that medium spice. That it's not going to be him as the number one overall pick. So, like, uh, let's say a five out of ten. Well, I don't like super spicy, so I'm, I, that's good with okay. me. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Just because I'm I'm desperate to uh, play this this uh, soundbite that you've been playing a lot on the on the solid verbal. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give Ryan some spice. I'm spicy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know where that's from? I had I once I looked it up after hearing it on your podcast. I now know. I. I I don't. It's from the old Burger King commercial, right? Oh. It was, yeah, Burger King commercial, which was a really funny commercial. It was great. Wait, is it those French fries ones or the... It's like, I think it's like a spicy chicken sandwich or something like that. It it was like spicy chicken strips and... (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Dan's idea when we did the show about the hot takes. It was Dan's idea to just grade them out because, yeah, I mean, you know how it is this time of year. Yeah. College football Mm -hmm. news, actual college football news that you can sink your teeth into it's few and far between outside the NFL draft and spring football. And uh, so he's like, let's, let's grade some hot, let's just come up with hot takes. Let's solicit some from other people that listen. And for whatever reason, and it might just be my demented mind, but I remembered that Burger King commercial enough to look it up on YouTube and find the sound. So I'm glad that you found it. I'm glad that you found it meaningful as well. (laughs) Yeah, this this is our uh, that kind of hit home there. This is our first off season doing episodes every week. Okay, cool. It is a struggle. Not that not this episode. We're not reaching here. (laughs) That would be. I don't mean to imply that. That like, man, we're so desperate. We're going to tie. (laughs) No, I know. It's look. We're all scraping the bottom of the barrel right now. I'm with you. I hear you. All right. So, hopefully, maybe a little spicier. And I, I'm gonna bring up Gus Malzahn. He he's very polarizing. I feel like out there. And so my hot take. And I've always been a fan of it, so maybe I'm a little of him, but maybe I'm a little biased. But my hot take is that he's a top tier SEC coach. Uh, I heard Paul Feinbaum talking about this, t- this very topic yesterday about kind of ranking SEC coaches. And to me, the fact that he's kind of going into the year on the hot seat seems a tad ridiculous to me. I mean, you know, the year before last, they're they're in the SEC title to go to the the playoff. I personally, I think they're lucky to have him. What do you think? All right. So first things first, I have a real question about this. Sure. Is it is it Malzahn or Malzahn? Because my Eastern Pennsylvania accent desperately wants to go Malzahn, 
but yet I hear Kirk Herbstreet and almost everyone else on TV going Malzahn. And I'm not sure which one I'm more comfortable with. That's a good point. I feel like I hear more mainstream than Malzahn, but I don't know if I've I, ever heard Malzahn. I, I don't know. I feel like it was more Malzahn until about five years ago. <laughs> okay, and then well. that there was like fam- this really famous. Yeah, I don't like maybe he got one of his contract extensions and, <laughs> and he just, you know, decided to go a different direction with it. But um all right, so what is your definition of top tier? Well, yeah, so that's open ended, but like so I feel like in the SEC you've got you've got Saban and everyone else, and there's kind of that blend of of and I'll let you speak to it, but you've got Mullen, Jimbo. I think Kirby Smart is a it might be too early to judge. I mean, he's doing incredible so far. And then Malzon. So, like, I would say, you know, the the upper quarter, like the the top a top four SEC, top three SEC coach. Yeah, I mean, he's he's in that four, five, six range. I, I think it's well, obviously, it's Saban one. Yeah, I think Kirby Smart. I, I I hear what you're saying because he hasn't been at Georgia all that long, but it it's it's getting to critical mass. Yeah, like, I think we he's can, done enough to be two. Yeah, he's he's got the body of work at this point. I think he's two. I put Jimbo three, and then then we kind of get into that territory where you could go Mullen if you're really feeling saucy. I I don't know anyone this saucy, but if you're really <laughs> feeling saucy, you could go maybe Muschamp. At no, four. Oh, no, oh no, uh, no. I but I I would probably go Mullen four, Gus at five, and I then mean, it's not it sort of falls. Yeah, maybe maybe then after that you go. Uh, Coach O or Stoops or Muschamp in in that next tier, but probably the bottom of that top tier yeah. seems right to me. I guess the point of my take is that you know people they just they just get on him and and I think that they're they're lucky to have him because I mean when he started there as an OC back in 08 or whatever it was, I mean I know Tuberville had some good teams, but really that program turned when he started on as OC there and and since then in the last decade. Oh, for sure. For sure. And I mean, there's no doubt that he's still one of the brightest college football minds out there. It just seems like you can never really figure out when they're going to have a good year at all. That part is true. That That's the part that I think frustrates a, a lot of the Auburn fans that, that we talk to. Um, so again, I, I, I don't think that's all that spicy a take. If the last one was five, I would make this more of like a, a two or a three. Um, you know, just because he he's up there, he's still in that conversation. Let me ask another Gus Mal Malzahn question. All right. Maybe this, maybe this will produce a little bit more spice from the college football brothers. Um, will Gus Malzahn leave for another job or will he be fired first? Oh, that to me, that's. It seems like a pretty easy question. I think he'd be fired before he would get hired somewhere else. Because if he does a great job and they, Auburn wants to keep him, they'll pay whatever he wants to stay. To me, that would that would seem like an, a, a yeah, simple question it, to me. But I guess uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll disagree. I say he leaves because it seems like there's there's been rumors like right before the time when it's either extend his contract. Or you know maybe eventually fire him. Yeah, that's right. He seems like he's looking for for that place to go to, or at least that's kind of the rumors out there. Well, where would you go? That's better than Auburn. What was the rumor this like a year ago? Oh, there were the rumors rumor? to Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've heard. Okay, Arkansas. That's well, I, I guess, but 
And I mean, given the unrealistic, sometimes unrealistic expectations, uh, you know, a fresh start wouldn't be all that shocking, I guess. Yeah. Well, just to close out this conversation here, I'm I'm very offended that we're talking about top tier SEC coaches and Fordham's, Fordham's Joe Moorhead <laughs> never came up. Not I once. Know. Yeah, he need, he needs more than one year of of work here. But <laughs> yeah, right. of a fair of a quarterback fair. that literally can't throw the ball. Oh, that's that's not nice. Yeah, that's, sorry. That's my Nick Fitzgerald burn. Tommy Stevens is coming to save the day, Ryan. <laughs> uh, okay, that's not my hot take though. My hot take is that this is the year for Michigan. I think you can always count on the defense, and I think finally the offense is going to live up to expectation. I love the addition of Josh Gaddis. It's your second favorite coach. Who, Jim Harbaugh? Yeah, he's he's definitely yeah. up there. I'm a, I'm a Harbaugh defender for sure. So 13-0 and college football playoff. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Um, th- there is decidedly more heat on that take. Okay. Than, than either of the previous two. But I'm, I'm Yeah, play it, man. You know what that's about. I'm with you. I'm with you. Now, I, I don't know if I'm quite as willing to go 13-0, but I really like him this year. They get Wisconsin on the road, but it's early, and who knows where Wisconsin's going to be. They got Penn State on the road in like mid-October, but otherwise, the schedule is not bad. I think their hardest games against Notre Dame and Ohio State are at home. I know the Ohio State-Notre Dame games are at home, as well as I think Michigan State as well. So with the amount they've got coming back, it stands to reason that they could potentially make a run at at 13-0. and 0. Unlike last year, where I think everyone was sold on the defense before we ever saw them play, I feel that same way about the offense this year. There's so much coming back on offense that I feel great about their ability to score points and move the ball in a way that they didn't really until you know the last quarter of the season last year. Um, that obviously needs to continue, and we need to see that defense now congeal around some new starters given the fact that they have some pretty heavy losses at you know a couple levels of a couple levels of their defense so uh i'm with you more heat but i'm i'm digging it i'm digging it so we'll go like a a six or a seven awesome so also on a recent episode for you guys you guys had that a good would you rather discussion in college football and one of them was you know would you watch college football in standard def would you rather watch college football in standard def with the first down yellow line or hd without the yellow line so we similarly had a whole kind of episode on would you rathers so we're going to throw a a few out at you okay Uh, so similarly along those same lines would you rather only be able to watch college football on a 28 inch tv for the rest of your life or be able to watch it on any size TV, but it has to be muted. Ooh. So what, what you're poking at here is the value of commentary. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty that's much. What, or do you value the, the size? Like, yeah. Is it- commentary versus the size of the TV. Um, well, I, so I might not be the normal case here because, and I'm sure you guys fall into the same category. You're watching, multiple games a weekend you're trying to fit it in among other life things that you got going on yeah and, right i mean i'm I'm singing to the choir here you guys know yep. exactly what i'm talking about um for me it's yeah i would go 28 inch tv because more often than not i am wedging a game in on my iphone to watch it when i'm exactly doing like a normal life thing or i'm watching on an ipad 
alongside of a big TV, for me to watch it on a really small screen wouldn't be too big of a sacrifice. So I'd be willing to do that, although a lot of times I'm watching those games on mute anyway. <laughs> so maybe I go uh, small screen and mute, but at least I have the option. At least I have the option. Yeah, Ryan uh, gave us a real life hack when we went through this one and said, just sit closer. And it just blew my mind. Blew my yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, that's very that's that's a real life hack there. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a problem solver. Um all right. So the next one uh I thought it was a good one. It was um would you rather your team have the fifth rank recruiting class every year and at former Kansas head coach David Beatty mm. as your head coach? No. No, I don't or know. Have what, the I don't know what the other choice is here, but I'm going I didn't no. Even say the other oh, choice. No. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I should increase the number here. For, um, or would you rather have the 20th ranked recruiting class every year and have Chris Peterson as your head coach? Chris Peterson, signed, sealed, delivered. Oh man, <laughs> yeah, that's you didn't even. Okay, yeah, so you're about if wow. Chris Peterson had the 40th ranked recruiting class, I think I'd still take Chris Peterson. Oh man, oh, man. man. I mean, because look, he <laughs> hey, he built Boise or helped build Boise into a juggernaut. Yeah, well, there was two coaches that kind of helped two Boise coaches. before that. No, you're right, 100. percent But I would still, I would still take Chris Peterson over David Beatty. That did not end well at Kansas. Well, that's David. That's not the qu- the question. Was includes the recruiting classes? Though. I mean. <laughs> 100% are you, Chris Bate. Are you confident in David Beatty to take the fifth overall recruiting class? <laughs> no. If he has the fifth overall recruiting class every year, I, you're going to f- just fall into top 25 no matter what. Like that is, that's, that's, that's elite. That's playoff caliber talent. Ryan, you're, I think we're in the minority at, here. Everyone takes Chris Peterson for this I, question. We got to, we got to really bump do. up that number. I know. If I said a hundred, then everybody would still say Chris <laughs> Peterson. But you know, because uh, because this is my first time on the podcast, and because we're using a video chat here to kind of coordinate, um, I noticed that Ryan's the only one who doesn't have his camera on, which means that I can't confirm, at least from my point of view, that he isn't David Beatty. Oh, good point. <laughs> Fair. Good yeah, be careful what you say. <laughs> That's true. God, right. I, Why won't everyone pick me? <laughs> um. All right, here's our, our last would you rather. It's it's not one we discussed on our podcast, but thought it would be it was the toughest one we could think for you personally, because of course the solid verbal has such great audio quality. So it's would you rather have to record the solid verbal with Blue Yeti microphones <laughs> for the twenty nineteen season and have Notre Dame make the playoff, or you get to keep your current microphones and they go six and six. Okay, okay. So I feel like I've look, I've talked on this microphone, which is, I believe, the same as yours. It is. Yeah, that's not a coincidence. I was just like, what what <laughs> microphone does Ty have? I'll just buy same. that one. We're we're on the same <laughs> microphone. So that's that's cool in my book. But I've been on this microphone in the midst of a four and eight Notre Dame season. And I wouldn't wish that upon anybody. <laughs> so I will figure out whatever the hell Trey's doing to get the kind of sound he's getting out of his blue yeti. <laughs> and I will I will roll the dice on a full season of Blue Yeti and uh let's go to the playoff and see what happens. Hopefully it ends up better than it did last year. It would have been very offensive to Trey with a blue yeti just right <laughs> right in front of the camera right there. But I've got a lot of sound walls. You'd be shocked with the amount of uh distractions I have to uh to eliminate the the poor quality. 
No, I mean you're you're doing God's work getting that kind of sound out of a blue yeti, and <laughs> and I, I commend your efforts, sir, because it, you sound really good. There's a we, lot of pillows. We can't I, see. I, I I like the cut of your jib, man. Yes, I do. We can't see Ryan, but he's the same. He has a blue yeti as well, but okay. he's in a, he's in a closet. It's a closet, you know, with coats and jackets <laughs> and everything. So there's no echo, baby. It's pure. So we've got a full two on two matchup here. Then we got two high two high PR forties and then two blue yetis. That's right. Okay. All right. I'm sure this is very interesting for for all the and listeners, especially uh, especially in a non visual medium. This is great. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, let's uh, let's close out the interview here by uh, doing something we do often here on the podcast, and we're going to put you on the hot seat and ask you a few rapid fire questions. So okay, can you handle it, Ty? I, I, I let's. I guess we're going to find out. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, which coach that you've interviewed would be the most fun to to have a night out with or have a beer with? Ooh. Um. Wow. I, I would. Well, it's one of two. It's either Bronco Mendenhall. Wow. Or Steve Adazio. Adazio makes sense. That I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Didn't um, see one, that at Bronco. That's cool. Yeah, we had Bronco on a couple of years ago, and we talked to him for about fifteen minutes about his strategy for how he named his kids. <laughs> Because he has really odd names, or I, I don't mean to say odd names, but he has, nah, he has unique, unique name. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> unique names for his for his children, and we found that honestly more interesting than the actual college football content. Sure. So we just we just <laughs> yeah. went with that and had a good conversation. So if I'm forced to pick one, I'm going to go Bronco Mendenhall. Yeah, I, cool. sometimes we feel our podcast is better when we're not talking about football. Actually, so <laughs> it always works yeah. that way. It always yeah. works that way. Yeah, trust so, me. Understand that. Uh, all right. Uh, next one. If you were doing a college football podcast, what would you be podcasting about? Ooh. Okay. I could do, I could do a really good politics podcast. Ooh. Wow. Because, but here's why. Because I could totally play the unemotional moderator. Okay. And troll oh. both troll both sides of a conversation. <laughs> that's that's what America needs. Right? Um, if I did that, though, it'd have to be under a stage name because I don't I don't want any part of that political online no, yeah. machine. I don't want to be subjected to that. Anything I would do would be more good natured and really just like fulfill my need to um, troll just people in general. <laughs> fair. So, fair. So, <laughs> So I think it would fit in there. All right, then last question. Who'd you vote for in 2016? No, no, no. I'm, not going. I'm out. I'm out. Okay, real real last question. Uh, right. I'm afraid to ask this one as well, actually, um, because as we mentioned, Trey and Ryan using their Blue Yetis, but purely in terms of audio quality, how would you grade the college football bros? Guys, I again, I am in awe at the sound that I'm hearing from these Blue Yetis and I'm starting to question everything I've said negative about the Blue Yeti over the last like five years. <laughs> yeah. It has been <laughs> it has been a pillar on which my podcast has been built. <laughs> this anti-Blue Yeti stance. And now I come on the show, I hear the way it sounds here. It sounds delightful. I know some of the other stuff you guys have done because we, we worked together on the Halloween show you guys did right. what, like a year or two ago? 
Yeah, a couple years ago. Yeah. A year or two ago. That sounded terrific. And I know, I know, again, we won't get too in the weeds here with how you're recording this and how you're putting it together, but I know that you're you're doing so with the utmost care. So I, yeah, as podcasts go, this is pretty damn good. You guys should be very proud of yourselves. It's it's taken a lot, a lot of a lot of effort to get to this point, but it's it's dramatically improved. Yeah, exactly. It, it was pretty rough at the beginning. Yeah, I'm kind of the dictator with the sound. I, <laughs> I said, Ryan, you got to go in the closet. You got to do it, and. You know, Ty, I wish you would have uh, had that Blue Yeti sort of epiphany before I spent all this money, you know, copying <laughs> your microphone setup. Yeah, but you could have you could have saved yourself like four hundred dollars. I really could have, but you know what? Yeah. That's okay. I know. That's okay. We live and learn. You know. <laughs> um, all right. So everyone can find Ty on Twitter at Ty Hildenbrandt, and if you don't already, we'd highly recommend listening to the Solid Verbal podcast. Of course, one of the great podcasts out there, not just college football podcasts. So. Uh, Ty, thanks so much for for coming on the show. This was awesome. Yeah, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. And thank you guys for the uh, for the invite. Uh, all of us college football podcasters are sort of uh, brothers in arms here. One hundred percent. Trying to trying to figure out what to talk about in the off season, and then trying to <laughs> trying trying to maintain that momentum uh, through through the summertime until we get to actual on field stuff. So um, uh, I'm 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 in the uh, arena with you guys and. Uh, commend you all on a, on a job really well done thank you so much for the invite all right thanks ty all right back to the show that was uh really cool to have ty on we hope everyone enjoyed it um but let's get into some news and notes a lot has happened since we had our last news segment trey what are a, a couple things that caught your eye so first of all we've got a spring game Georgia Tech's spring game. Uh, obviously, there's a radical change underway with the Yellow Jackets offense under Jeff Collins. It's funny in this game, they actually lined up for their opening play in the triple option yeah. format before shifting into a shotgun formation. That was awesome. That was awesome. That's interesting. Wow. They like a tribute uh, to Paul Johnson. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so there's going to be a lot more of a, a spread pass happy offense, and it's going to be hard to to kind of adjust your eyes to watching Georgia Tech this year. But reading some quotes, the wide receivers seem to be the happiest unit as they're well, able to <laughs> show, showcase their skill, skills a little bit more. And at, at quarterback, it looks like it, it'll be Lucas Johnson, but they have athletic freshman James Graham and then also Ryan Lance, who's going to continue to apply pressure. All right. All right. Then I've got some transfer news, uh, a flurry of transfers recently here. First of all, Gunnar Hoke transfer for, transfers from Kentucky to Ohio State. Uh, he announced he was heading home as he was born in the Ohio State Hospital. Should have two years of eligibility remaining, um, but uh, he, he, he was used sparingly at Kentucky, so he probably won't push fields too much, but more than anything, he provides some, some depth in, the, in a thin quarterback room there. Yep. Yeah, probably won't push fields too much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> fair. <laughs> fair. That's a fair, fair bet. That's a fair bet. That's not really a hot take. <laughs> no. No. Uh, no. No spice on that one. Nah, <laughs> not at all. Spice. So uh, next one, next quarterback to transfer is McLean Carter from Texas Tech to Rutgers. Uh, so prior to, to him joining Rutgers, Art Sitkowski was the only quarterback for Rutgers that had thrown a collegiate pass. So he's he's clearly going to be a challenger. Arguably, arguably he had. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fair. Michael. Hey, but but Rutgers Todd, we appreciate sorry, you, I'm man. Sorry. He's a f- 
he he's a quality listener, fellow listener. He gives us a lot of questions. Sorry, sorry, Rutgers Todd. Fair, fair. That's fair, Ryan. Right, but McLean Carter, you know, hopefully he can spark the Rutgers offense at least a little bit. Well, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. Now the next one, Michael, coming from your USC, we've got Matt Fink going to Illinois. So I think the Illinois oh, fans, God, I no no listen, hear me out. I think <laughs> Illinois fans will lovey this. Oh boy. Oh, oh my God. Oh yeah. Wow. Ye- so. Bravo. I this mean, was bravo. a mistake to assign this this uh, transfer news to Trey. <laughs> it totally was. They needed a quarterback, and, you know, Fink should at least provide a, a decent bridge before what we all think 2.0, uh, Juice 2.0 takes over. But but seriously, if Fink didn't come, the quarterback race was down to pretty much only freshmen as, as MJ Rivers announced he was probably going to transfer. Yeah. So, f- finally, well, Matthew- hey, Before we move on, I'd, I, I'm interested to think, what i i'm saying think yeah um, yeah yeah <laughs> what think will do i yeah. mean we haven't even seen him at usc i mean he's he he played a little bit and he was in the the competition i mean i i think he he could be solid Quote unquote be- in the competition no, he i think he truly was like uh, not this year but last year especially especially last year yes i really i thought jack sears and I, no, they I had. Think he, I, I think Fink was was now in third, but I don't yeah. think it was like a distant third. So, and and he's not, and he's going to be the quarterback in Illinois. He's not the quarterback at USC. Like I think this is right. I, I think it's an upgrade. No, I think it's sure. a total upgrade. Well, especially since they lost MJ Rivers. So yeah. it, it's a good, it's a very good transfer for for Fink. Yeah, of and course. Illinois is taking all the all the USC transfers. It's crazy. I know they've what they have got like three right now. I think th- at least three. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, they're taking a lot of transfers in general, but. So, finally, uh, another quarterback, Matthew Baldwin is transferring to TCU from Ohio State. Uh, he he obviously couldn't beat out Justin Fields for the job, so he decided to head back to his home state of Texas. In the, the spring game at Ohio State, he was 20 of 36, threw for 246, but he had, he threw two interceptions. He also threw two touchdowns. Uh, he's most likely going to have to sit out the 2019 year, but he is applying for a waiver to be immediately eligible. If he does actually get eligible, he'll, he'll have a good look at at the starting job. Yeah. I mean, hey, Tate Martell was able to get eligible. So well, that, that's the thing. Why not Matt Baldwin? I mean, considering what's been going on with the transfers lately, I I wouldn't be shocked at all if he got approved since, you know, he's moving on to it. The Urban Meyer left. So why wouldn't he be uh, approved? But um, could you potentially have three former Ohio State quarterbacks starting a D1? Not only D1, actually, I should say Power 5 schools. You, you could have Tate Martell, you could have Joe Burrow, and you could potentially have Matthew Baldwin. So, I mean, wouldn't that be kind of nuts? Three former Ohio State quarterbacks starting elsewhere? It would. It would. But yeah, that's definitely in play. Yeah. Um, It's a really crowded competition there at TCU, though. I mean, you've got Max Dugan, Max Dugan, yeah, the freshman, Sean Robinson. Uh no, Sean Robinson's over at um Missouri. Um Oh, excuse but me. Justin yeah. Rogers, maybe you're thinking of. Yeah, that's what I meant, Justin Rogers, sorry. And then um Mike Collins. I mean, it's just there's a lot of guys there. I'm not I don't feel great about any of them, but you know, I think whoever ends up being the starter will be decent at least. Yeah. Yeah, you would think. Okay, Ryan, what uh what caught your eye? All right. Uh, so for me, 
the first thing we had was a, a couple of contracts extensions. And the first one was Dabo Sweeney. He got a 10-year extension worth $93 million. And honestly, if I'm looking at this objectively, he's worth every single penny of that for Clemson <laughs> University. Uh, he's made so much money for that university, brought so much attention. But the, the one interesting, interesting thing about that contract is the, the Alabama clause that was put into it. And so if, if Dabo leaves to be the head coach to Alabama, Clemson would get an extra 50% on top of the regular buyout amount that they would get for any other school. So that's kind of the interesting factor there. And, but to me, like an extra 50%, it was only like one, two or 3 million, depending on the year. So it really, I don't think they'll have any effect on whether or not Alabama would hire them. If, if Alabama wanted them, they would pay that buyout amount no matter what. So yeah, to me, I mean, it's, it's Clemson would get a little bit more, but it, it wouldn't really matter much. Well, just talking about whether Dabo will do that. I mean, I think all of us don't think he will. And this has nothing to do with with Alabama. Obviously, it's an amazing job, great program. But why would you leave Clemson to go to Alabama? Well, I why wouldn't you just blaze your blaze your own trail there there and become a legend? You know. Well, I mean, he's been there for what ten years now, eleven, I think, if you include the interim head coach. I mean, as far as head coaching job. So yeah, I don't see him leaving and then i mean we're i think we're going to talk about this later in the podcast but i mean they might overtake alabama as far as like the recruiting goes their next year has been amazing so we'll we'll get to that later but as far as competition wise clemson might be the best you know the top of the line i don't think there would be any reason to leave so i mean i know he played there and that's the only draw but yeah i mean Everybody loves him at Clemson. Why would you leave? Exactly. And even I'm not talking about like which is the better job. I mean, yeah, true. I mean, who cares? It's just I would want to cement my status as like not to go too far, but like the god of that university, not the god, but the all time great, well, you know, all time great of any college football coach, too. I mean, not just true. You know, true. Exactly. He's got a chance. Who knows? I mean, considering what Clemson has done historically, which was, you know, not a whole lot. I mean, so it's. It's, uh, he's done great, but all right, we'll move on from, from Dabo and we'll move on to, uh, the other contract extension that I got was Dave Clausen, um, from the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. He got an eight year deal, uh, to stay at Wake. And I mean, this is a great move if I'm a Deacon Deacon fan. Um, he's one of the, he was, he was one of the lowest paid coaches in the ACC. And honestly, I couldn't find how much this deal was worth. Um, but you know, it's supposed to be obviously a huge, significant pay raise, uh, but it, it's super well-deserved. I mean, he's done a fantastic job this year and we, all of us college football bros are pretty high on the, the demon Deacons this year. Um, the, especially the, yeah, they have a, they're supposed to be, have a great year. They have a great QB room right now. So, I mean, this is a smart move by the demon Deacons. Yeah. We're, we're very high on them because of the fourth bro, Jamie Newman. Exactly. Jamie, Another Newman brother. Bro, so we, we gotta be supportive. um all right uh but moving on to uh to further on to clemson that i was talking about uh they just recently they got a commitment from the number weighted quarterback number one rated quarterback uh in the nation and dj i did not look up how to pronounce this name (laughs) that was a mistake (laughs) that was a mistake i wasn't planning on it but i didn't so i'm just gonna wing it dj ugalele Actually, okay. seems like it might be right. 
Um, he's from California. And, uh, you know, we've actually talked about in the past how on this podcast, how Clemson has always had, you know, they've had really good recruiting classes, but not amazing, you know, not Alabama type recruiting classes. But that's no longer the case with this upcoming 2020 class. Yeah. Um, it's currently number one overall. They have the number one QB, which I just mentioned out of California, number one safety. Well, here's the crazy thing. They have the number one, two, and three <laughs> rated defensive tackles. So I mean, it's going to be a crowded deep tackle position right there. Number two running back, fourth and sixth linebacker, and five four-star offensive linemen. I mean, they're building those lines like crazy, which is what you obviously need. So, I mean, they've been having good recruiting classes. So imagine what they're going to do now with like the elite recruiting classes. So just unbelievable what Dow is doing now. Yeah, it's crazy. And apparently they're supposed to get another five-star like defensive end within this week or something. So it's, yeah, it's insane the way this class is shaping up. Their lines are going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, The news that I am covering here is entries into the transfer portal they're they're still in the portal they they haven't yet found their destination the first but they one could lose their scholarship well i guess that's a risk for maybe some of these guys but most of these guys yep. are, are pretty good players so uh quarterback mj rivers of course trey mentioned transferring away from illinois as it turns out that seems like it might have been a mutual decision given you know how active illinois was in the grad transfer market and now adding matt fink uh, at Washington, it was announced that two quarterbacks entered the portal. Only one Jake, though. Thank goodness. Yeah, I was going to say, how many Jakes? <laughs> yeah, no, Jacob Sermon. But he already announced he's coming back. So good news for for UW. But Colson Yankoff, still in the portal. They were both, um, well, Yankoff, redshirt freshman, former four-star recruit. So he'll yeah, be highly a, recruited. Yeah, recruited. Yeah, he'll be a good pickup for, for wherever he goes. But uh, as far as what this means for Washington, looks like Jacob Eason and Jake Hayner are the clear favorites to, uh, you know. It seems like Eason is, yeah, is it, the guy. Eason's the big favorite with with Hayner right behind him. Yeah. Uh, at Florida, true freshman quarterback Jalen Jones entered the portal, which at first was really confusing, but it turns out that there are uh, two sexual assault allegations against him, so just a really bad story there. At Michigan... Four-star quarterback Brandon Peters is transferring, and he's going to be immediately eligible wherever he ends up with two years remaining. That's a big deal to have two years. So he's going to have a lot, of, a lot of suitors. He will, I'm sure. It's hard to say, though. I mean, when he played, he did not play well. So I don't know. He's got all the pedigree, but yep. thus far hasn't proven it. So we'll see. Last transfer I'm going to get to, Sawyer Smith, quarterback from Troy, has entered the portal. And... This one's harder to find information on uh, online, but from what I read, it seems like he will not be a, gra- a grad transfer, so he'll either need a waiver, or if he wants to go to FCS, then of course he can play right away, but he played really well last year, taking over for Caleb Barker when he went down with that ACL tear, so I think he'll be a good pickup wherever he goes. Yeah, this is a this one's a little, I don't know, a little confusing, but yeah, he, he should have a lot of suitors, I would think, too. Yeah, because he would he was going to be in this competition along with with Barker going into the next year, but right, I don't know. Uh, okay, well that does it for the news and notes, and let's end the podcast with a top five list. And it's my turn this week, so I'm going with the top five people most likely to give us our next one star review. Ooh. 
Number five, Art Sitkowski, <laughs> quarterback for Rutgers. He won our punching bag of the year in our Golden Bros Awards episode last year. So he definitely has some uh, some well-deserved beef with us. <laughs> Poor Art. Watch out for him. Uh, number four, our Michigan State listeners, Braden and Tyler, kind of had a love-hate relationship with them on Twitter. Some of us, Ryan, hasn't been the friendliest to uh, Brian Lewerke. I did say, though, that whenever they're expected to not do well, that they outperform expectations. So I expect them to have a good year this coming year. So because you think they won't have a good year, that's actually a compliment because it means they will have a good year? No, because everybody else thinks they won't have a good year. That's why I think they'll have a good year. Gotcha. All right. Good logic there. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Uh, Number three is a rival college football podcaster. I'm not ruling out Ty Hildenbrandt. He was very nice to our face, but who knows? Maybe he just could have a dark side. Yeah, he could could have a dark (laughs) side. Maybe he feels a little threatened by us. Clearly, he was threatened by us. It's true. Yeah. Obviously. So Our blue yetis over here are (laughs) rivaling his. So maybe him, maybe Bill Connolly, Barton Simmons, Braden Gall. Who knows? Who knows? We're coming for him. (laughs) We're coming for him. Number two, one of us. Maybe me. Maybe I feel like one of you guys is getting a little too much praise in the reviews, so I leave a... Self-sabotage. I know, just saying, you know, leave a review saying Trace sucks or Ryan sucks. (laughs) Who knows? Well, we already had Trey already... Well, Roger. Yeah, Roger. Air quotes, Roger left a one star. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Number one, a clear number one here. It's a tie between Trey's fiance, Allie, Ryan's wife, Angie, and my girlfriend, Sarah. Fair. Very the, fair. The, the recipe is there. None of them are huge college football fans. None of them are huge fans of us. So <laughs> just kind of makes sense, right? <laughs> it, it really does. All right. <laughs> That'll do it for this episode. Thanks again to Ty Hildenbrandt for coming on. That was awesome. Definitely, again, encourage everyone to check out The Solid Verbal if you're a crazy person and haven't listened to it yet. Um, yep. So go ahead and do that, and we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.